0: With Zach Santy, Alex Drake, and Fitz on 1620 The Zone, 1620TheZone.com, and the Zone app. Now here are your hosts, Zach, Alex, and Fitz.
1: What is going on, everybody? Thanks for joining us at Church of the Corn. Well, and by us, I mean Zach and Conrad, because everybody else is gone today. So, thanks for joining us. We're brought to you by FCC Trucking and Summit Medical on 1620 The Zone. I am excited today. We get to watch Nebraska. Woo! There we go, Conrad. I like it. We're going to watch Nebraska, hopefully, maintain that number one spot in the division by beating Purdue, go through some X-Factor players in there. Uh, I'm going to go through an entire coaching staff today um, if we if we brought on a new coach, which I think we will. But it, it's it's a good one. I, I like what I'm going to do there. Uh, I'm going to go through some NFL power rankings because it's my show today, and Drake and uh, Fitz can't tell me we're not going to talk about the Eagles being number one. Best games for the day, recruiting with Munson, and then I'm going to try and make y'all a little bit of money as well. Maybe, or just lose it again. Um, but I'm going to start off today with some big stories, I guess, that are going on. and Or uh, I should say MLB playoffs going on right now. It's it's the big story, I guess, with Without college football going on, or you know, as well as college football, Go Mariners, going on uh, yeah, right. And then uh, was I think the Guardians, Guardians also won previously. I think the night before as well.
2: I think so. When I was listening to uh, CBS beforehand, I'm pretty sure that's what they said.
1: Yeah, so I'm pulling up the uh, it right now. So let's see what we got here. We got Braves, Phillies. Oh, we got that's a bad spot for that game. Yeah. You got a 1 p.m. there. Guardians, Yanks, Astros, Mariners, Dodgers, Padres, and Padres just beat the Dodgers uh, 2-1 yesterday. So it's going to be interesting there. But I'm gonna move on to stuff that I care a little bit more about, which is college football.
2: I and, al- also am not that big on baseball, even though I am wearing minor league baseball. <laughs> and that's things. I just
1: yeah. I was gonna say you're you're wearing a jersey over there, Conrad, mm-hmm. and and uh, your hat too. What, yep. what hat is
2: that? It's the Rocket City Trash Pandas. The greatest logo in sports.
1: Oh my god, period. that is absolutely incredible.
2: It's a raccoon in a trash can that's a rocket. What uh, what
1: city is that in, I, even? Madison, Alabama. Oh my god, that is the most incredible. I it's think the, the greatest. I think it's the best logo in the state of Alabama, if we're going to be honest with you. I mean,
2: yeah, yeah.
1: That might not be saying much, but... It's saying something, I guess. Um, venturing on from that trash panda hat <laughs> to another thing in Alabama. Huge game today going on in Tuscaloosa, I believe it is. No, it's um, in Knoxville. Uh, you've got Alabama in Tennessee. 6-0 and Alabama at 5-0 and Tennessee. That's going to be a barn burn. I'm, I'm excited to see what Tennessee does with Heupel over there. He's a, he's an offensive I'll say it, an offensive juggernaut, or he's created one at least. With what he's done at UCF and now moving to Tennessee, it's, it's pretty cool to see um, a coach actually make that jump from, we'll say a group of five to a Power Five program and do some good things. I don't know how long Tennessee is going to be able to hold, hold on to him, but I can't imagine there's a much bigger job that will be opening up to kind of lure him away. I mean, it's a blue-blood program, so... Um, Also, I should say, if you guys have any comments or just want to join in the show, give me a call, 402-951-1620. You get to talk to Conrad, then you get to talk to me. And actually, I want to pull up one other thing. Uh, So, Nebraska playing Purdue today. Huge game for the Huskers. Lots of injuries on both sides of the ball. It looks like a MASH unit game, the way that these – teams are matching up right now i know purdue's starting two running backs both out that's always good um your starting receiver doesn't practice during the week yeah charlie jones a transfer from iowa who actually is still was still dinged up from iowa not not a shot at iowa but it is what it is He ha- doesn't practice during the week from from what i've gathered from a couple reports um he pretty much shows up Saturday and is a gamer. Yeah, li- guy literally just shows up Saturday and, and, and balls out. And
2: So then, like, how does he know the play calls and stuff?
1: I'm, I'm assuming he's got everything on tablets and able to watch film and all that and probably does walkthroughs. But from what I think I read yesterday, the guy is so beat up right now that the only time he actually goes out there full ball 100% is on Saturdays.
2: Okay, I guess that makes sense.
1: So, like, you can get the mental reps and...
2: You don't want to re-injure yourself at practice. Exactly. aggravate Uh, anything. Yeah,
1: and and that... Like I said, it's a mash unit with all the injuries. Your top two receivers, I think, top two running backs, quarterback, half the offensive line's out. um, (laughs) And and, and Aiden O'Connell is starting, so that's good for Purdue because that guy masks a lot of weaknesses and actually has really grown into his arm talent. But... The amount of injuries on just both sides of the ball and the line. Conrad, what do you think the line is on this game? I'm going to say it's an Ohio State type line.
2: 15.
1: 14 points. It is a 14-point spread. 14 points. And the over-under on it, just for everyone's uh, mindset, is 56.5 points. So 56 and a half points with a 14 point spread. To me, that's, that's not great confidence. Touchdowns. That's, that's not great confidence for Nebraska either. I've seen a lot of people picking in the range of like 38, 14, which with I'm I'm going to go back to it again with the amount of injuries. And let's not, let's not kid ourselves here. Purdue's field sucks. That has been the bane of so many um, major injuries. Uh, I know Nebraska's DeMornay personnel, I think it was in 15. uh, Farmer, Miles Farmer, uh, in 19, I want to say maybe. It, It just seems like you get some pretty terrible injuries on that crappy, crappy natural grass turf. Not turf, excuse me. Natural grass field. They gotta do something about that, but I, I think that's gonna cause a little bit more harm to the game than than we'd like. I honestly think it's gonna be a pretty close game. Uh, Purdue averaging about thirty three points a game, and Nebraska twenty nine points a game. Defensively, though, Purdue is has done some really good things this year. They're they're four and two for a reason. Um, so we'll get into them that a little bit later on in the show, but. Also, while I've got everyone's attention, I do want to talk about my Eagles being undefeated, too. And uh, Fitz and Drake, if you want to call in and yell at me for that, that's, that's perfectly fine. But Eagles are also 5-0, and and they play the Cowboys on Sunday. Huge game that, honestly, going into the season, I did not think would be a huge game. Because you never know what the Eagles are going to show up like. But, uh, yeah, like I said, Eagles 5-0, and led by Jalen Hurts. Traded for A.J. Brown this offseason. They're doing some amazing things on the offensive side of the ball. It's actually been really cool to see what that kid has done since getting drafted from Oklahoma. After having to transfer from Alabama, having that spot taken from him by Tua. It's been really cool to see the career and the growth that a player like Jalen Hurts has had. A very athletic specimen. But, you know, after his time at... Uh, when after getting benched at, at Alabama. It seemed like he, he got second-guessed a little bit and then really blew up at Oklahoma, which good for him, and played himself into a second-round pick and, you know, stole Carson Wentz's job and hasn't looked back since. And, and I know he was one of the, um, Jalen Hurts, one of the top two as of last week guys for the uh, MVP award. So, front-runner there. So, that's usually a good thing when you're doing that. But, like I said, playing Dallas – in Jerry's world, in Arlington, tough spot to play in. Jerryland. You ever seen that thing, Conrad? Yeah. Oh God, it's beautiful, isn't it? But I hate saying that, even though it's a cowboy thing.
2: My buddy and I went and did a whole tour there when he was uh, when he was living down in Texas, and dude, that place is phenomenal.
1: I say, so you see how big the screen is and everything on like your TV. What's it like actually seeing that in person? It's like-
2: so much bigger in person.
1: So, like, we have been to a movie theater, obviously, and probably the IMAX. Comparison-wise, bigger than that, I'm guessing?
2: It's about the size of a drive-in theater. Jesus. It's huge.
1: <laughs> Ooh, good catch there. <laughs> I Yeah, I, I mean, I've seen it, and, and I've watched some boxing matches down there, and just the ambiance and everything that they're able to do. And just that, that screen is one of the coolest things. I think the only stadium that may be a little bit more cool than that, or better than that, is I think SoFi in California. I don't know if you've seen that one. Mm-mm. It's so basically, it's I think it's a five billion dollar stadium, billion, B, and uh, it's it's got a giant screen, pretty much like that, but it's almost like a a circular one, so you can pretty much see it from anywhere on the field.
2: Oh okay
1: yep and then it's because it's California and they're fancy they don't have it boxed in so they've got uh it, it cut out so it's a really interesting stadium like I said five billion dollars
2: Wow that's so much money for sports.
1: you know how much taco Bell you could buy with five billion dollars
2: dude I remember I was talking to somebody the other day I remember being able to go to Taco Bell with twenty dollars and get the entire menu
1: inflation man it's it's just it's really getting a, it's yep. even getting taco Bell. So well, speaking of Taco Leave Bell. Leave my chalupas alone, man. <laughs> it's all about the crunch Crunchwrap, bud. <laughs> speaking of that, I did, I seen something on, on Twitter and it made me laugh the other day because I think it was, and I'm not going to talk anything smart here, so don't worry. There was an economist who was arguing about how much money can you, can someone spend $28 at Taco Bell? Uh, absolutely. That's, that might be one of the easiest things in the world to do. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, let's, let's not act like we don't do it. I don't do it that often. But I've done. I mean, it I haven't
2: th- had Taco Bell in a while, but no, I've expanded uh, my palate. Yeah, exactly.
1: To eating at home because it's cheaper. <laughs> but I, I feel like it's really easy to spend like twenty eight to thirty dollars at Taco Bell. Mm-hmm. Could you do it right now, Conrad?
2: Yeah, probably.
1: Yeah, unfortunately, I could too. That's a problem.
2: <laughs> Although it would be mostly breakfast stuff, and I, I don't know if I could spend thirty bucks on their breakfast.
1: Have you – so since we're talking breakfast food and Taco Bell, have you ever had the crunch wrap with steak in there and a little bit of hot sauce on there? No, sir. Wash it down with a little bit of Baja Blast, and you are cooking, my friend. Best breakfast you can get for about 10 bucks, I think. And I, I use the word best there very, very, very loosely because <laughs> we're talking about Taco Bell. But
2: best fast food breakfast. There you go. Best right.
1: fast food breakfast. I, I think. going to say,
2: because if you're going to bring diners into here, like we got fighting words, man.
1: Well, who's your favorite breakfast diner, Conrad? Lisa's Radio. Where's that at?
2: 40th and um, Radio. I want to say oh,
1: probably that would make sense because yeah. you know at, <laughs> I, I I'm trying to think the best place I've had breakfast. I'm not a breakfast guy.
2: That's fair. Yeah.
1: But like I don't I don't know I'm I'm not a breakfast guy. But if if you give me a big stack of waffles, I'll, I'll eat that. But any time of the day. But other than that, I don't like breakfast bacon.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Bacon's an anytime food.
1: That's very true. You yeah. Give Fat Boy here about five pounds of bacon we're cooking. Well, we're going to take a quick break here. We are going to get a little bit deeper into the Nebraska-Purdue breakdown here on 1620 The Zone.
0: Now back to Church of the Corn on 1620 The Zone.
4: What do you call that thing where they pick the new
1: No, you're good. I like it. you keep me on my toes. I had to figure out what segment we were in for a second there. <laughs> Welcome back to everybody to Church of the Corn, brought to you by FCC Trucking and Rocky Stone in Design here on 1620 The Zone. I'm going to dig a little bit deeper into the Purdue-Nebraska game. Did it a little bit earlier, but just want to dig a little bit deeper into it. I'm going to paint a picture for everybody. Nebraska is 3-3, three and three, tied for first in the division. They're traveling to the tropical paradise known as West Lafayette, Indiana, to take on the 4-2 and two Purdue Boilermakers for possession of first place. Maybe shared, maybe singular. We'll see after how this race plays out today. Nebraska is led by an interim head coach, interim defensive coordinator. If I mention this to anybody... Before the season started, that this is where we would be at at this point of the season. Would anybody believe me? Probably. You think so?
2: It's after October and Frost isn't head coach.
1: I didn't even think about that, Touche. I guess at this point, the without Frost seems most likely. But would you have guessed three and three on the year? No. You? I mean, one and five at this point would.
2: Yeah, that sounds accurate. Two and
1: four maybe at, at absolute best is kind of where most of us thought after maybe week two. It seemed like everything was going down the crapper pretty quickly, but um, Mickey Joseph has done an absolutely phenomenal job with
2: – The dynasty starts. It
1: it, it started. I'm, I'm just saying as far as I know, Mickey Joseph is undefeated as a head coach. Nope, we're not putting that Oklahoma game on him. If the previous coach taught me anything – it's I could blame everything on the previous staff, and I'm gonna. So that's where I'm going to be placing all the blame. Sorry, it's just kind of the way that works. That's what I've been taught the last four years. <laughs> and that's petty me. Um, so I'm going to start with the best player on the offensive side of the ball for Purdue. Aiden O'Connell, he is a hell of a quarterback, and he does have the best play caller in the division, voted on by most of the coaches, actually. In Jeff Braum. Jeff Braum calls all the plays. Let's let's not let's not be on let's not think he doesn't. Um he runs a scheme that's always given Nebraska a ton of problems, a very wide open offense. Aiden O'Connell on the air for reference is ten touchdowns to four interceptions with almost fifteen hundred yards already throughout the year. He doesn't turn the ball over a lot, but you can trick him into making some plays because he's got that big time NFL arm. And he can be tricked. I mean, let's be honest. Any college quarterback can be. But damn, he's good. I'm really optimistic isn't the word. Pessimistic isn't the word. I'm in wait and see mode on that Nebraska secondary. Just because Quentin Newsome, while traveling, is dinged up. You've got a true freshman in Malcolm Harzog, who absolutely is balling out this year. Um, nobody. This was one of the least heralded kids in the class, and is showing up and making the biggest plays. So Malcolm Marzog there, and then at safety, uh, you've got Farmer and you've got Marquez Buford, and Buford is bawling out this year. I, I've said many a time, if you could take his skill set and take Deontay Williams' brain and put it in his body, you've got a all Big Ten safety right there he's a very skilled player it's just he's green he's got to get the play time out there and this is kind of what we should have expected going into the season athleticism I feel like has gone up but it's it's at the cause of experience so I'll, I'll be really interested to see how that Nebraska secondary holds up today and as I brought up earlier Charlie Jones the transfer from Iowa this is a stat line this year and I feel like this could be compared to his entire Career at Iowa and be really close. Fifty catches, six hundred three yards, seven touchdowns. So he's absolutely gone off this year. I think playing himself into an NFL receiver, at least getting some looks after this year. That that secondary is going to have a tough job, but also that defense of line and edge players for Nebraska. They're going to have to generate pressure. If they can get pressure on Aiden O'Connell today, who is dinged up already, will play. And half that offensive line is out. it looks good for Nebraska, but we got to see something. Nebraska's been a second-half team. They cannot afford to get behind against Purdue. Purdue will put up points if you allow them to. You're in Purdue's territory on that terrible field. So leading to my next point, Anthony Grant. I think this game will come down to who can control the line of scrimmage. You've got two teams. Purdue doesn't necessarily want to run the ball. They can run the ball. They've done it to the tune of 11 touchdowns this year already, so they can run the ball when they need to, but they are without their top two running backs. Nebraska has their top running back in Anthony Grant, who makes chicken salad out of other things that chickens do. So he's he's been the perfect fit for this offensive line this year on the deficiencies, being able to make something out of nothing. and And he's getting hit two and three yards in the backfield and still making something happen. Nebraska just has to get a hand on some of these guys. Just just get in the way at this point. If you can do that, I feel like Anthony Grant can make something happen because he's done it. I believe at one point within the last two weeks he was sixth in the country and rushing. Pretty good thing. Can the offensive line for Nebraska hold up? I think the answer is a pretty easy no. But can they be serviceable to the point that Casey Thompson isn't being replaced? because we think he's injured. Also, no, we haven't seen that this season. The staff has done a better job in the second half, and i got to say Whipple has done a tremendous job with his play calling and adjusting to the game by moving the pocket, doing different things where it's, it's some shorter throws, not necessarily trying to force the ball downfield, which, yes, you do want to do that to loosen the defense up, but you can't do it at the detriment of the health of your quarterback, which is what we've been doing, unfortunately. Thompson's a very tough kid. Um, I I don't have enough good things to say about him, and I know I was calling for uh, Chubba Purdy to be the starter this offseason, and I don't think Chubba's where he needs to be um, in the scheme-wise. I feel like Casey Thompson is the best quarterback on roster, the best for what this team particularly needs, and they need a strong leader. KC Thompson has been that strong leader that even when he's getting punched in the mouth by that defense continuously, still goes out there and plays his backside off. Still goes out there and makes plays. Has he made a couple of bad throws? Sure he has. But it hasn't been where he hasn't been under duress. That guy's been pretty much dodging bullets all year long. The offensive line. I still want to hammer on that point because I think the offensive line's is, is why we are where we are right now. We've got skilled players at the running back spots, the receiver spots, the quarterback spots. Thinking about our deficiencies in the offensive line, I think a nice little wrinkle would be to run a little bit more of a triple option concept. And what I mean by that, no, 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 not flex bone, not flex bone, chill out. Getting the fake to Anthony Grant to get the defense flowing to one side, and possibly having Trey Palmer on the other side, and then okay, you're faking this way. Well, then you've got a Trey Palmer, hopefully wide open. Just doing different things like that to get that defense flowing aggressively, and taking advantage of it on the backside, or getting a receiver to possibly go across the field when you're on, on a read play. It's I I feel like there are so many options out there, but I don't know if we'll have the three seconds to keep Casey Thompson up to be able to develop the place. That's, that's what we've been waiting on all season. Can, can we get him to finish a game because he's not getting hit 50 times a game? That's terrible. Just terrible. Thanks Charles. Um, yeah, it, it's going to be really interesting today. I'll give my prediction a little bit later on. I do think it'll be a very close game. I, I, I'm still on the fence of, of where I'm going to go point wise, but I, I think I've got my prediction Um, We're going to take a quick break here. When we return, I'm going to go through some of the X Factor players that will be playing for the Huskers today.
0: You're listening to Church of the Corn on 1620 The Zone.
1: That's, that's that's the best way to come back. Welcome back to the Church of the Corn, brought to you by Rocky Stone Design and Summit Medical Staffing. Conrad, where do you find all these? Because they are just incredible.
2: I have a whole choir to work with.
1: I, I love it. Just keep switching it up like that and uh yeah, you you just keep doing you. You do you.
2: So I uh I've starting a shift on 1019 the keg. Okay. I'm gonna be doing weekends on there. Ooh, nice. Thanks. And uh, and Mike has the nothing but 90s segment Monday through Friday uh, from 6 to 7. And I've been trying to get him to play Backstreet's back forever. So if anybody listening uh, wants to email Mike at 1019thekeg.com and tell him to play Backstreet Boys, I'd really appreciate that.
1: I, I absolutely love it. That's, that's perfect. Well, you can play Backstreet Boys all you want here, Conrad. I'll, I'll leave that to your creative freedom over there uh so we're gonna talk about some X Factor players here. And I'm gonna take I got five players here, and my fifth one, just kind of jumping right into it, is a Drake level cop out. I'm gonna go with Bill Bush as my fifth most or X factor today. He's gonna to have his hands full. Uh let's let's not kid ourselves. That Purdue offense is good. He's going to have to make some adjustments. He's got to get those boys coming out early. Uh you can't afford to get behind two touchdowns early in the game. You got to make something happen. You got to, you got to force it to some degree. I'm going to be interested to see how that secondary plays again. I'm going to be interested to see how aggressive that front four comes out for Nebraska and also the linebackers, because let's, let's not forget uh, Reitmers is also kind of dinged up. So two of your biggest defensive players are going into this game, pretty beaten up. So Bill Bush is going to have his hands full today. I, I I'm going to be really interested just to, just to see what he does because he has proven the last few weeks that given the time and um, just to have a little bit of gameplay in front of him, he's shown the ability to be able to get that defense to make the adjustments from first half to second half to keep them in the game and to make plays. And that's something we weren't seeing previously. I believe Mickey Joseph was asked uh, within the last week or two um, what changes were made on the defensive side of the ball? And he said the defense coordinator. I mean, if that doesn't tell you an uh, if that doesn't tell you right there that the right move was made, I, I don't really know what to tell you. I, I Bill Bush is you could not say Bill Bush has done a better job than he's done. I mean, he's done absolutely phenomenal after what we were watching. Um I'm gonna go with player number four, Timmy Bleakroad, the kicker for Nebraska. Yeah, it sucks when you gotta put a kicker on here, but I feel like this game could really come down to making those field goals, making those extra points. I feel like it's gonna be a close game, as I've said. So it's you're gonna need every point possible. And you're gonna be kicking into a natural on a natural grass surface. It's different than a turf surface. It's it's gonna be really interesting to see what uh bleak road can do. And I really, really, really hope that we get a somewhat decent day for that that nice young gentleman to be able to put some extra points on the board. Um, I'm going to go with my number three, my guy Anthony Grant. I talked about him a little bit earlier. Yeah, I, I put Anthony Grant on. Uh, I talked about him a little bit earlier with the offensive line discussion. I, he's got to have a big day today. He's got he's got a ball out. That doesn't necessarily mean he's got to keep up with his average of six yards per carry. I think he's got to be somewhere in the 80-plus total yards today. I think he's got to put up at least a touchdown, possibly two, for Nebraska to win this game. And that could be receiving. That could be rushing. Could be anything. But we need a big day from Anthony Grant.
2: We have a caller.
1: Who's calling us?
2: Friar Fitz. Would you like to join us?
1: Oh, God, this guy. Hey Fitz, what's up, bud?
3: Hey Zach, I uh, heard you uh, mention a kicker. I thought that was like our cool. This was phone a great phone call. call Thank in. you so
1: much, Fitz. Have a great day. <laughs> yes, Fitz, we were talking about kickers. I felt like you would uh, definitely be given a call in.
3: Can we can we add to that that I think we, our Pushini uh, could have a, some impact on this as well uh, with the you know his, his punting is on cue because they've got to start they've got to pin him back right. You want to give your defense. It's like you were talking with Bush you want to give them a chance to to hold hold serve a little bit so if they can push him back and and make them drive the field I think that obviously helps Nebraska as
1: well do you think um, Bushini is healthy It doesn't look like it the last couple of weeks it looks like it may be an ankle or a lower body injury that's kind of been holding them up a little bit.
3: yeah it's you know' it's heavily it's heavily taped um, I think it was the well it was before he they had the block punt so that didn't help that was on the other. Right across the kicking leg itself, so he's gotten he's gotten banged up more. Obviously, more banged up than you want your punter to be. Um, but I think if they can protect and you know he gets he does what he does well in terms of the hang time because Purdue, like you know their typical slot receivers, they've got some dynamic guys that can impact the return game. So that it'll be it'll be interesting. They're going to have to be be there in all phases, like you like you've been saying. So Fitz keep, keep up, uh, keep. Go ahead. I was gonna
1: say, give me three players that we got that Nebraska needs to have big days today. Give me your three.
3: Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna follow your lead and go with a Drake um, level answer here. Uh, shout out to Drake. I'm gonna say Feist and um, Robinson in the middle. Whoever else, if it's Stefan Wynn, that whomever the two guys are, they've got to have a push. They've got to they've got to compress the pocket a little bit and not give Aiden O'Connell. The time, um, and if they can do that and occupy, you know, it's going to impact other parts. So I say uh, those to the interior D line. Um, I think Gifford or whomever is playing, you don't want to call it the nickel or whatever. Um, that that player tackling in space, um, helping a little bit on the tight end, whether it's you know it's a chip getting closer line, things like that. And then uh, I say pick your. Pick your poison. One of those, and I know I know this is all on the defensive side of the ball, uh, but you know our our the corners have got to uh, to show up today, um, and not you know not give in. It can't be you know let's see how it goes first half and then make adjustments. They've got to they've got to come out ready to play um, from the at the first quarter. So do you think uh, Malcolm
1: Hartzog is going to be picked on pretty early by that Purdue defense or offense and uh, Aiden O'Connell?
3: I think they're they'll probably do that. Um, but at the same time I think you also, you know, push even in just the two games, they've push. done a couple of things to, you know, make changes and make adjustments and not it's not necessarily protecting guys, it just it's we, we talked about it at nauseum, simplifying the calls. The guys have their feet in the ground and they're ready to play before the ball is snapped and every the calls have been made the communication is there for the most part. So um, I think they're gonna try, but I could also see you know them coming out and saying, okay, you know here's where we're willing to take our lumps here, keep them in front of us, you know gang tackle, let's get you know maybe they get three or four yards. We're just not gonna let them you know take us away or the other side of it trust those guys take the less percentage throws, make them go deep, see what happens, and then take away everything else that Purdue likes to do as well, side to side, dink and dunk. So it's going to be interesting. its uh, I, I put a lot more on, on the coaching of this game, and I have a lot more trust that Nebraska can adjust and, and hang in there.
1: Fitz, give me your score for the day.
3: Um, Nebraska
1: 31, Purdue 23. Do you see the uh, line? 58 and a half. Is it
3: up? What is it?
1: 58 and a half. Okay. Or sorry, that's the over-under. Over-under, excuse me.
3: Yeah, I'm a little low. I think it's 12 and a half, 13, right?
1: Yeah, I think the, um, the line is 14, as I last seen on ESPN. So it could have updated, yeah. but it was oh. 14.
3: Good. good day to, to take the points and take Nebraska, right?
1: It's a great day for an upset. Yes,
3: it, it is. It always is.
1: All right, Fitz, I appreciate it, buddy.
3: All right, we'll talk to you later. Keep up the good work. Take care, thanks,
1: buddy. Conrad. All right, well, Fitz hit it right on the head. Uh, I'm just going to jump back into it. Uh, Ty Robinson. Ty Robinson's got to have a big day. When Nebraska recruited that young man and beat out the Alabamas of the world for him, I mean, I think we all thought we were getting a big time defensive tackle recruit, and he's shown flashes, and it's been the last probably three games or so, that he's really, really shown up and shown the promise of the defensive tackle that he he can be. And same thing with Feist. I'll give Feist all the credit in the world coming in as a walk-on out of Nebraska and and making some big plays the last couple weeks, uh, getting half sack against Rutgers, I believe, as well. Those D tackles coming up big. And then my number one player that i got to see have a big game today, our guy, the transfer from TCU, O'Shawn Mathis one of the most highly sought after defensive ends in in the transfer portal. He has shown up week after week after week, and it may not show up in the the sack numbers, but the kid has just balled his backside off since he's put on that scarlet and cream. I I think this is the day where he could put up some more sack numbers. Uh, Purdue is going to give him every opportunity to do so. And I think he's. I think this is where we're going to see a big day from Oshawn Mathis. I think he's going to show up every quarter. I think Nelson will have a good day as well. But I think Oshawn, this is the day where he's going to come out and and you know show that he's a star. I think if they do that, and and obviously I've got a few guys on the defensive side of the ball. One, two, technically between defense and special teams, I got four of my five. So tells you how big they're going to be today. It's going to be close. I will say I do have Nebraska winning the game. I'm going to go Nebraska 28, Purdue 24. So I've got a very close game. I think it gets decided in the fourth quarter. We are going to take another quick break here. When we return, we are going to go into our coaching conclave, and I'll break down the new roster.
0: It's Church of the Corn with Zach, Alex, and Fitz on 1620 The Zone.
4: What do you call that thing where they pick the new
3: pope?
0: Are you talking about a conclave?
3: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today
2: for this week's edition of
0: Coaches Conclave. Coaches Conclave. Coaches Conclave. Coaches Conclave. Coach's conclave.
1: Welcome back to the Church of the Corn, brought to you by FCC Trucking and Doug Basse State Farm Insurance. Conrad, have I mentioned that that's my favorite intro? It's just well, now that I know what
2: fits have. Yeah, and Jimmy said it yesterday, and now, I was like, I was saying, "Now that I know what
1: a conclave is, it makes it a lot better." I had no idea what that was when you guys kept saying it for the first couple weeks. So now I know, so that's good. Um, let's talk coaches. Since Drake and Fitz aren't here, I'm going to give you a whole staff today um if you have any mike
2: leach mike leach mike leach mike leach mike leach he's like dylan all he does is spit hot fire dylan
1: dylan dylan (laughs) dylan (laughs) dylan yeah i I, hey if we're just gonna bring mike leach in for everything i'm cool with it there's no way that can fail right no 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 (laughs) No. if you want to join in the conversation at any point today give us a call 402-951-1620 Here is where I'm going to start off with. I'll say Mickey Joseph, I'm going to start off with him, we will be on the staff. But my head coach that I'm picking for the Conclave, Dave Aranda from Baylor. Yes, I am aware they lost to West Virginia. I don't care. Crazy things happen in West Virginia. So I don't care. I don't care about that one. Um, John Denver's a liar anyway. So I think Dave Aranda... Would be a great guy just because, number one, he's been at some big stops along the way from Wisconsin to LSU to now being the head man at Baylor. You see how respected he was at Wisconsin. Nebraska had to play him many a time and go into that wood chipper known as a defense. And he did work every time. What he did at LSU being the highest paid coordinator at one point, I believe he was a $2 million defensive coordinator. Absolutely phenomenal and worth every penny for him. Because that was the year they won the national title back in 2019, I believe. And now he is at Baylor. Big 12 school. His record isn't going to blow you away as far as wins and losses. And and, and what he's done down there in a short time. But he did have that team ranked pretty high in the top 10 this season. Um, and until the last couple losses. But uh, he's had him a top 10. Program in the country, I know. Uh, I think Matt Rule did as well, and Bryles did too. So it can happen. Uh, you're at Baylor, private university down in Texas. I mean, you're in a recruiting hotbed. All you got to do is win, and you can get players. What he's done down there, though, um, by keeping it at least going, it's it's been really impressive. This is one of the few times that I would like a coach to bring an offensive coordinator with him. Jeff Grimes. I want Jeff Grimes to follow Dave Aranda from Baylor. Starting off as an offensive lineman in which he's coached offensive line at multiple stops along the way from Boise State to Arizona State to Colorado. Boo. But Virginia Tech, LSU, BYU, and now, well, not at Baylor. Um, But he's done it all the way along the way. So having a guy that also has familiarity and possibly being able to help develop that offensive line – would be huge. I like that they don't do anything special down there, Baylor. They build their offensive lines, they run a spread offense, and then they go. I think in the Big Ten, that can absolutely 100% work. Like I said, I do still have Mickey Joseph on staff. So I've got Dave Miranda, Jeff Grimes, Mickey Joseph. I do believe Mickey Joseph will stay on as the associate head coach and wide receiver coach It would be interesting if he were to take the next step up as an – I shouldn't say step up, but as an offensive coordinator, if that's the route they go. I could see Mickey fighting for this job, though, this year as well. I don't know if he necessarily wants it, but I could see him doing it. But uh, associate head coach and wide receiver coach, um, I've got Bill Bush sticking around as the defensive coordinator. I think thus far he's done enough to show that he can not only – work with talented players but he can teach them. One of the biggest things I said this offseason Nebraska needed to hire when they brought in coaches was teachers, not implementers. And I keep saying that because that's that's where we are. We need people to teach, not implement at this point. So, I believe Bill Bush uh, in his seniority in in and being a coach will be able to absolutely continue with getting that defense where it needs to be and teaching these players to keep them, you know, in where they're respectful and and they're not going to hurt you. They keep you in the games. And I think he'll get them to the point where they're actually going to be making plays to win you games. I have Brian Applewhite also staying on staff. I think him, every time you've seen Mickey Joseph, who's on his right side, it's always Brian Applewhite on the recruiting trail. You're seeing this all the time. I don't want to say those two are, are a package deal, but there's very few running back coaches in the country better than Brian Applewhite. When he was signed here, there's a reason that you went out and stole him from TCU. He's one of the top running back coaches in the entire country, and he probably brought one of the top running backs with him in A.J. Allen. So I think Applewhite is another must. As as I've talked to many of you, uh, Bill Bush... Mickey Joseph, Brian Applewhite, those are the three that you have to keep around for continuity's sake. It's very rare that you're going to be able to do a full transition from one staff to another staff with very few change with no changeovers or no holdovers, excuse me. You need those guys that have that familiarity with the current roster, the current recruiting staff, to be able to bridge that. And I and I think those three, which are the best recruiters on your staff, by the way. Would be an excellent addition for Dave Aranda starting off in the Big Ten. I've been on the big the Dave Aranda train for a little bit now. Between him and um, Lane Kiffin, it's it's one A one B for me. I don't think you can go wrong with either one of them. And what they've done at and, and the places they're at Lane at Ole Miss and Dave Aranda down at Baylor, they've done some really impressive things. They've I would say they've maximized what they have on roster right now. It's crazy to say that the Big 12 has kind of turned into a a, um, a wood chipper, but they have with your Oklahoma's, your TCU's, your Baylor's. I mean, you've got those teams round robbing each other right now and picking each other off one by one. You've seen it with uh, um, uh, Kansas getting picked off last week. So it, it just seems like the Big 12 is there for the taking right now. Can Aranda win it this year? It's, it's an uphill fight right now, but but I think he's a good enough coach to be able to rebound and f- I would say fin- finish with an eight or nine win season this year. I, I think they can do that. And it's it's going to be unfortunate when we, we take uh, Aranda from Baylor. But hey, it is what it is. So once again, my coaching staff, Dave Aranda, Jeff Grimes, Bill Bush, Mickey Joseph, Brian Applewhite, I think it's a pretty rock star coaching staff. Um we are going to take a quick break here. When we return, I'm going to go through my NFL Power Rankings.
5: I hope there's Bigfoot. I don't think there is. The reason I don't think there is because we found bones of dinosaurs and everything else, but we haven't found bones that I've heard of, of Bigfoot. Aliens, I suspect there is. And I don't know that they're, um, <clears throat> they're little green men. And I don't know that they're specifically um, in our galaxy. I certainly get the impression that uh, there's people out there in journalist land that think uh, and I know this for a fact because I was a journalist for two years if you think about it even though I had to be um, tutored by experts, Jack Aroot and uh, Roger Twible but uh, uh, you know there's a lot of them in your industry that thinks the, that this is an episode of the, of the Roadrunner and so, you know, it's all Wiley Coyote going back there reinventing something to see if it'll drop on the Roadrunner and mash him, you know. And there's maybe a play or two of that. As in one or two plays each week, but they're yeah, it's a it's a game execution. Um, you know, and that's we didn't execute well. You know, guys trying to over execute, worry about the other guy's job. It's a game execution, so I don't think they're gonna reinvent something. They're not gonna say You know, get a bunch of, uh, they're not going to go draw on the drawing board and break out a bunch of boxes that say Acme on it and break out a bunch of equipment and uh, try to build a catapult and all this stuff to ensnare us. They're going to say their stuff's pretty good and they're going to line up and they're going to do it the best they can and and hope to execute better than we do and uh, go from there.
1: Oh, my God, I love Mike Leach so much. Welcome back to the Church of the Corn, brought to you by Rocky Stone Design and Summit Medical Staffing. (laughs) I wanted to bring I, – I, I was really happy that we've got so many Mike Leach clips. And what better way than just a? I oh, I want to bring every every time we come back from a commercial, we should just do a Mike Leach clip. I feel like there's so many out there. If you haven't gotten a chance to check it out, a couple of my favorite ones, uh, I believe it was the Pac-12 mascot fight. You can't go wrong with that one.
2: Yeah, I got uh, that one cued too.
1: Phenomenal one. There was one a couple of weeks back. Where uh, there was a news or a sports report, I think it was on ES- ESPN or S P E S E C network. There we go, dummy. Um, and she's walking down the the sideline with him, and she tells him he gets she got engaged, and it's about a two minute rant he goes on. Check that one out, and then yeah, you can't go wrong with the Bigfoot one. I mean, just he's just incredible. Just you know what, Mike Leach to Lincoln, Leach to Lincoln, talking into existence right now. You heard it here, Drake. I've
2: been on that train since Drake told me about
1: Mike Leach. Mike Leach is out of his mind. And, you know, he's just... He's a very particular kind of guy. The amount of
2: content that this station and this market will get with Mike Leach is
1: ridiculous. And it's going to be the greatest. I would love to do a podcast with Mike Leach and just (laughs) let him go off for like four hours. So I'm a... I'll just say this: I'm a big Joe Rogan fan, so I can listen to long podcasts. That one would just go on un- just all the way. Got to listen to it from start to finish, all in one listen, just because he's out of his mind, and I absolutely love Leach. But um, let's get back on track. We're going to talk about some NFL power rankings because this is the only time I'm gonna be able to get to do it because my co-hosts don't let me. So let's start off. I'm going to go five to one. Um, number five: Baltimore, Baltimore Ravens. Three and two on the year. They've got one of the best kickers of all time in Justin Tucker. They've got one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in Lamar Jackson, but they're still three and two. Um, they needed a game winning field goal to beat the Bengals 19 to 17, and the Bengals are not a good team right now. So can the Baltimore Ravens rebound to getting back to the playoffs like we normally see them? Possibility. Uh, They've got the quarterback to do so and the head coach with a proven track record. Uh, Number four, San Fran. Didn't think I'd be saying that when the year started with Trey Lance as the starting quarterback. Jimmy G getting traded, I thought. Um, But no, here we are. Jimmy G is starting for the San Francisco 49ers. Just beating the Panthers 37-15. 3-2 as well. Um, they did lose Emmanuel Mosley though, towards ACL and, uh, Bosa groin issues. So that, that's a big hit Bosa when that defensive line is, is good to go that they've got Bosa up there. Uh, number three, for some of you chiefs fans, this may be something you like to hear. I hate the chiefs, but, um, the chiefs at number three with, uh, probably one of the best quarterbacks in the world I feel like I could say uh, and Patrick Mahomes Travis Kelsey four touchdowns I believe they were somehow able to beat not only the Raiders but they were also to be able to beat the refs so it's not often that you get to do that um, but but they did Uh, down 17 nothing not a good spot to be in Raiders bad team bad 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 team led by McDaniels I'd be interested to see if he gets a second year with how bad that organization is being ran right now um, they look very disjointed, and you can't give up a 17-point deficit in the second half, although we've seen Houston do that as well. So I guess that's uh, that's something that can happen. But yeah, if, if, if Mahomes and Kelsey can keep doing what they're doing, they may be moving up. I've got the Buffalo Bills at number two, absolutely destroying the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, by the way, thanks, Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. Got you guys on fantasy, so definitely appreciate that 60-burger that you guys put up. Um, yeah, they're absolutely impressive. Josh Allen might have one of the top two arms in the league. Uh, Gabriel Davis balled out this game. Diggs is an absolute stud. If they could get some semblance of a running game, man, they would be... They'd probably be... I mean, they're already my AFC favorite to go to the Super Bowl. But if they could get some kind of consistent running game to keep that defense honest, man, that that team would just be so much more dangerous. And also, who would have thought that at this point at, in his career, Josh Allen would be where he is after the first year and how terrible he looked in the um, massive jump up from you know Wyoming to the NFL. Huge, huge leap. And you could see he looked pretty overwhelmed his first year, but when given the talent and the coaching, um, Sean McDermott up there has done a absolutely phenomenal job. Um, and, and Brian Dable the previous year, at getting Josh Allen to where he's at right now, absolutely phenomenal. He had the skill set, but it was more of a fact of, can he put it all together? I don't want to bring this up, but I will. Remember, he threw five interceptions against Nebraska, And he continued that into his first year of of the NFL. But to his credit, is probably a top three quarterback in the league right now. So kudos to Josh Allen and uh, Stephon Diggs and McDermott, what he's doing up there right now. Uh, I'm going to go with my number one team in the league. Can you guess who it is? Conrad, Conrad, can you guess who it is? Is it Philly? Bingo! Bing bong! Yes, my Eagles are number one. Five and oh. When you're the only undefeated team in the league, you get to say that you're the best team in the league. That's just how it works. Read that on the internet. Can't tell you otherwise. They just beat Arizona 20-17. Um, to 17, Close game. Uh, and it's just because Kyler Murray didn't get the new Call of Duty game yet. That comes out at the end of the month. So if you've got him on fantasy, I believe you've got two weeks left of him still putting up stats and then Call of Duty comes out in the 28th. So just, just looking out for all my fantasy folks out there, I would probably be looking for another quarterback in the next couple weeks. Um, oh. <laughs> um I'm going to talk about my guy Jalen Hurts, though. I've also got him on fantasy, and I did not think a kid could make the kind of leap that he did after seeing him play the last couple years. Philly had three first-round picks. I was I was okay with them spending a first um on on a quarterback not last year but this upcoming year unless Hurts showed otherwise. Well, Hurts showed otherwise. Having that team undefeated um and and having Eagles fans absolutely take over Arizona was was great to see. A lot of injuries for um the Philadelphia Eagles right now. Big game with Dallas on Sunday again. Um, And I misspoke earlier. It is in Philly, not Dallas, which is even better because I can't wait to watch all my Eagles fans in the crowd celebrating when they beat Dallas. Um, How
2: badly is Philly going to get burned down?
1: Oh, God. Um, It'll be fine right now. But I'm going to tell you, if they go to the Super Bowl, which I've got them going down, I've got Eagles in the Super Bowl this year. Homer, if the Eagles win the Super Bowl this year, there is a good chance – I'm going to be down there in in Glendale, Arizona anyway. But I was talking with another Eagles fan. Maybe we make the flight up from Glendale, Arizona to Philadelphia to partake in that uh, celebration. Last time, just for reference on what a Philadelphia fan did, last time the Eagles won the Super Bowl, they ate horse poo.
2: I mean, that just feels like a regular Saturday night in Philly.
1: It's probably pretty similar. (laughs) But this, this gentleman did it with a smile on his face. Oh. Yeah, you can't do it with a smile on your face.
2: Did he at least put it in like a hoagie and and all that? Oh or...
1: no, he just took a giant This dude was like 6 foot 8, too. Just took a giant handful and just nom 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 nom. nom. It was not right. It was not good. It was I watched it a couple of times cuz it was funny. And I'm a degenerate and Philadelphia fan. I'm like, I get why that dude did that. I would never do that. But I get why they did that. So you know I've got a bunch of I've got a bunch of trips lined up this year and I'm, I'm going to go to Indy when Nebraska beats Ohio State in the Big Ten championship. I'm going to go to Glendale when my Eagles are beating the Buffalo Bills. Which by the way, if they get the Eagles fan base and the Buffalo fan base in the same place, oh my God, those tables better watch out. Somebody is going through a table every five minutes, and I am here for it. All fans of the NFL and football should want the Buffalo Bills and Philadelphia Eagles to go to the Super Bowl just because of the chaos it would provide.
2: What's the crossover for football fans and fans of WWF SmackDown?
1: God, that's a great question, but there's got to be a huge number of them in, in, in Buffalo. I, I almost wonder if like Lowe's and everything is sold out of folding tables out there all the time just because so many people go through them. Speaking of that, I actually watched a dude put his wife through a table in the Buffalo parking lot. Yeah, they got married and he put her through a table. Happy anniversary. That is love right there. That is commitment to the craft, I guess. And on that note, we're going to take another quick break here. When we come back, we're going to break down some of the biggest games on the docket for the day.
0: Now back to Church of the Corn on 1620 The Zone.
1: Welcome back to the Church of the Corn, brought to you by Doug Bassett, State Farm Insurance, and Summit Medical Staffing. Let's talk about some of the biggest games on the schedule for the day. And by the way, I appreciate coming back to Eye of the Tiger too. That's 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 a Philly song through and through. Um, I'm gonna start at 11 a.m. Big game starting off the docket right away. Uh, we've got number 10, Penn State, number five, Michigan. I think Michigan wins this one going away. I'm gonna be completely honest with you, I. For some reason, I'm just not sold on Penn State. That running game is very good, though, for Penn State. So I'd like to see how they go against that Michigan defense. I'm be interested to see it, though. Um, also, 11 a.m. If you're interested in the Nebraska coaching search, I'd recommend checking out Auburn versus number nine Ole Miss. The lane train, lane train to Lincoln. I want it. I want it here. Woo-hoo! Two two. Yep, no one can make fun of my, my train sound this week either. I love this. I'm going to start doing this show by myself all the time. Um, 230, Alabama, number three versus number six, Tennessee. If Josh Heupel can get this win against Alabama today, whew, Tennessee is going to be a top three, top two team at that point, I would say. going to be interesting to see if they can get it done. Um, I, I know Bryce Young has been hurt the last couple weeks. Not, I did not hear if he was back in today. Uh, if not, they got to put Alabama on upset. Um, also in the Nebraska coaching search, 230 as well. Number eight, Okie State with your guy, and my guy, Mike Gundy. He's a man. He's 40. Well, I think he's 55 now, but he was 40 at one point. Versus number 13, TCU and Sonny Dykes. He's got Max Duggan balling out over there. the most insane thing to me is we got one of their best defensive players and that defense is still going insane. It's impressive to say the least. Um, So, yeah, that's at 2.30. Okie State versus TCU at 6.30. I got a little bit of a gap here, but the crazy pirate himself, Mike Leach, number 16 in the country versus number 22, Kentucky. I'm going to make... I'm. I'm going to say Mike Leach gets Kentucky here. I want the Pirate to win. I want more. I want more clips from him.
2: Mike Leach is always a winner in my heart.
1: <laughs> Mike Leach is always a winner in all of our hearts. Should get a tattoo of Mike Leach's face right here, right over the heart. Is that too much?
2: I'd do it. Although I already have a, a whiskey jug over my heart. So like on the other.
1: I got an idea, Conrad. So you've got enough chest space there, put Mike Lee right on the side of it, and act like he's drinking into it. Hell yeah. So, hey, I'm, a, I'm an idea guy. That's why they keep me around in this place. And they're not good ideas, but they're ideas. And someone's got to be the loudest one in the room just to yell dumb things. And that's what I'm really good at. I've done it for an hour 22 already. So, yep. Uh, I'm going to move on to my next game. It's it's much-watched TV. It's, at, it's also at 6.30. It's Nebraska versus Purdue. Yay.
2: I just really hope that we win, not because I want Nebraska to win or anything like that. Uh, I'm doing Big Red over Reaction later today, and I just don't want a lot of angry, drunken calls.
1: Oh, God, Conrad, I am so sorry for you.
2: That's it. That's I all f- I want. I That's why so I want bad. the win.
1: Uh. You, it's totally selfish on my end. but No, I, I completely get the the understanding of why you want that to happen. I, I got a question. So have you done a whole lot of big red overreactions?
2: Yeah, I did one. Um, I think it was last week. No, no, it was the week before.
1: What's it like being on that side of the uh, <laughs> monitors dealing with that kind of chaos?
2: There's a lot going on, man. I mean, my, if, my hand is on the dump button a lot, just in case anybody says something.
1: I mean, yeah, that... And especially because you're not getting people that are uh, sober at no, all.
2: No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, because that was that was a night game, <laughs> and then this one's going to be also a night game.
1: Yeah, so you're going to be getting calls probably about ten p.m., eleven p.m. I would say tonight. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a passing game, and that's what Purdue does. So I picture it along the lines of that um, Indiana game.
2: Yeah, I'm going to be here till like 1 a.m.
1: Oh God, that's that's absolutely. I will
2: say I have Gary though, just oh, like I he... did last time, and. He, He's he's fantastic at Gar- hosting
1: it. Gary Sharp is a black belt of dealing with uh, drunken callers and idiots. I, kudos to that man. It's, it's great to watch that craft. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just I have not ever done a big red overreaction. I've called in a couple of times. Uh, one time it was Colorado Nebraska. I, I was not sober for that one. I was I was pretty sad that one too because that was when Nebraska was up and then they ended up choking that game away. Should have should have known that that was a reflection of things to come for the next four years, but it's okay. I'm I'm over it. I that doesn't haunt me daily or anything like that. I've grown up. I've grown past that.
2: Do you need the number to my therapist to get over that?
1: Yeah, or? give give me that off once we get off the air. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, last game I got on the schedule for the day, number seven, USC versus number twenty Utah. I know a lot of fans, uh, Nebraska, were also interested in Kyle Whittingham from Utah, who is a phenomenal program builder. Um, I don't think Lincoln Riley is just ready for the big times yet at Nebraska. So we're going to leave him off the coaching list. I I don't care if he's got the number 17 in the country. That's a joke. That's sarcasm. Um, Whittingham, I I think he's just a little bit older than than we'd like on the downside of his career. And honestly, I, I, I don't ever see that guy leaving Utah. Such a cushy gig up there. Ain't no way he's leaving. So great docket of games for the day. I think there are some sneaky good ones on there. I, I kind of wanted to do this, too. I was thinking about this, and I want to I track and see where I'm at. So I'm going to pick all these games. I'm going to pick the winners and loss. loss. I'm not going to go against point spread. I'm just going to go outright, and I want to see what kind of record I got. So Penn State, Michigan, I'm going to go Michigan. I'm going to go Auburn, Ole Miss, Ole Miss. I'm still going to take Alabama. I'm going to take Alabama over Tennessee. I'm going to go Okie State over TCU. Um, I, I am going to go with the upset of Mike Leach. Mike Leach over Kentucky. I mississippi state Mike Leach. <sighs> Nebraska versus Purdue. I already picked the upset, so I guess I got to roll with it at this point. Nebraska 28, Purdue 24. And the last game on the schedule, USC versus Utah. I kind of want to see chaos and go with Utah over USC. I do. I always w- vote chaos. You know, being a Nebraska fan the last few years, I've I've become not comfortable, but I enjoy watching chaos because if my Saturday's going to get ruined, your Saturday's going to get ruined. So that's what I am always kind of cheering for. So, Conrad, I got I got a question for you. So this mm-hmm. this may be a kind of sneaky big win for for a team. So Kansas is number nineteen in the country right now, mm-hmm. and they play at eleven a.m. But they're without their starting quarterback. Do you think they can beat Oklahoma at Oklahoma? So they're out there starting quarterback, and I believe out there starting wide receiver or running back as well. Probably not. I was I was really hoping for Leipold. He would have uh, Jalen Daniels still because that's kind of Oklahoma. If you can beat Oklahoma, even a bad Oklahoma, you still get that name on your on your record. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of feel bad for him not being able to get that. And I I just don't think they're gonna have the guys for it. And then another one that is also a sneaky one. At 11 a.m. for Nebraska's division champ, or hopes, Minnesota at number 24, Illinois. It's going to be a ugly, ugly, ugly game. Just two teams have just headbutt each other for four quarters. So if you thought the 6-3 game with Iowa-Illinois was bad, strap in. This is going to be a phenomenal one. It's going to be a real barn burner. So if you like defense, that's one I would definitely check out. Running the ball, check it out. Um, Mo Ibrahim, I know, was injured. If he could come back, that'd be great Uh, for that team. That's that's their heartbeat. That's what they need. But yeah, it's a great docket of games today. I'd recommend checking it out um, all day long. Be a degenerate. Get rid of your honey do list and uh, just say you heard it on the radio because they can't yell at me just at you. We're gonna take another break here. When we return, we're gonna talk to our favorite guest uh, on Three's very own Brian Munson here on Church of the Corn.
0: You're listening to Church of the Corn on sixteen twenty the Zone.
1: Welcome back to the Church of the Corn, brought to you by Summit Medical Staffing and FCC Trucking. We are now joined by Husker Online and On3's very own Brian Munson to help us get to update, up to date on the world of recruiting. Brian, how you doing today, my man? Good morning, sir. There's only one of us today.
4: I heard. And that's why I did the singular, sir. And, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, like I said, like I mentioned, you know, as I was being brought in, I was like, "This will be just like that uh, virtual bar stool conversation." So, whether it's a uh, cup of Java or your your favorite draw, man, just go ahead and pour it, and let's let's get into it.
1: Let's get after it. So, since we're going to get after it right away, I want to ask you about a local kid, uh, Benjamin Brommer. Do you feel like that, mm-hmm. as talented as that kid is, and as highly skilled as it is, we're overlooking him in the class?
4: <laughs> totally. I mean you know, everybody, everybody hears the word Pierce, Nebraska first and they, and they always associate it to Matt here. And, you know, growing up in a day and age where, um, Harrion was uh, absolute stud, (laughs) absolute beast, (laughs) you know, and, and gave Vince young in Texas, uh, with Jamal Lord, everything that they wanted that night in Lincoln. Um, it was, uh, it's a, it's a great comparison. It's a great comparison. Number one, but it's like, it's like, Benjamin is has got that capability to like you know even though he's from Pierce if 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 there was just a little bit more social media activity if there was just a little bit more shameless self promotion and he does none of this if you go on his Twitter feed you won't find any recent tweets like he he's just not into it and and, and I, I think it says a lot to to me about you know where he's at. Mentally, where he's at with his commitment, where he is kind of at with, you know, just not necessarily needing all the flash and all that stuff. But if he was, if he were, if he was just, you know, signed himself as an agent and decided to go ahead and step out a little bit, I think he would probably rock it up um, a few few more, a few more lists. But I mean, thank goodness for Nebraska that he's not, because that is a that is a real complete playmaker. And, And I I brought it up, you know, earlier on the board, you know, between. Benjamin and and Carter Nelson, who's coming out next year um, out of Ainsworth, it is really fun to kind of think about uh, what those guys are because they they are very similar. I mean, uh, Benjamin has got, uh, you know, multi-sport versatility and athleticism. So does Carter. Carter's a guy that hasn't really put to bed yet the idea of of playing multiple sports at the next level. Um, And they're very kind of similar, you know, builds and, and, and they could just, I think be really interesting as kind of that hybrid Y big X kind of, you know, guy that's out there on on the edge, but then, but then also can kind of go into motion and do a whole bunch of really neat things like in the the shallow crosses and, and, and doing a bunch of stuff underneath. And then all of a sudden you find him and he's doing a a double move and he's running away from a safety. And, And those are very, very possible things when you, when you look at both of those guys, but, Benjamin being first, that's a that's a guy right there that I think is definitely overlooked in this class.
1: So kind of speaking about local kids, um, Nebraska has recently offered a plethora of, of some Gretna kids, Mason Goldman being mm. kind of the top guy right now. Um, with so many Midwest schools offering him, do you think he's a hidden gem that a lot of people have overlooked where a, a couple of years in a college program will do him really well?
4: Totally. Um, you know, I, I think Nebraska has always liked him. Number one, I, I, there's there's been no real fall off. I think uh, in intention uh, in attention or uh, recruitment by Nebraska, it was just when you when you when you assessed the offensive line talent in the state, it's a pretty good year. Nebraska has got three guys in the class. You know, you've got Gatula, you got Sledge, and you got Kanutsen. And it always seemed like Nebraska's interested in kind of grabbing that fourth offensive tackle, but they were in on some they were on some in on some real dudes, you know, from around the nation very, very early, like in that in that May June time frame. And then all kind of went away in July. Um, and then it seems like Nebraska is still very interested in, in kind of getting some more help. Like, you know, they've offered uh uh, uh Keyshawn Blackstock, you know, the, the junior college offensive tackle from Coffeyville. Um and then the offer from Kansas State rolls in to to Goldman. And that's kind of one of those offers. I think that I think that it's it's not necessarily you know a good thing for Nebraska to see an a in-state guy pick up an uh, an offer from Kansas State and Nebraska not offer. It's not a great look um and that and i don't think necessarily and i mentioned this in tunnel talk i, I kind of felt like an offer was going to come to mason but i, I really kind of felt like he was going to be as a defensive lineman i could see him playing a four i mean as like a as a three four you know hand in the dirt defensive end he could be he could have been a five you know playing playing in a four three he could have grown into a three but nebraska was still very interested in seeing him as an offensive tackle and i think that's where mason says you know he he wants to he wants to play at the next level and um and, and i think the offer is big um he's he's very interested in nebraska obviously he grew up being a husker fan but it's not going to completely shut down his process he's headed up to i think he's headed to oklahoma state this weekend and iowa next weekend or, or may have those weekends switched and he's not going to make a commitment until after the gretna season is over with but i still feel really good about nebraska's chances with him and i think it's really good that nebraska sees him as an offensive tackle he's He's got a real future ahead of him. It's just there's there's going to be a need for him to get into a nutrition program, get into a strength and conditioning program, and allow his body just to kind of develop and take off. And, and I think that that's what's going to be critical for him, you know, getting and playing, actually playing at the next level.
1: Brian, doesn't it seem like the um, talent level in Nebraska has really been on the upswing the last, I don't know, five, ten years or so?
4: Absolutely. It
1: just seems like the, the the influx of people that we've had coming to this city and state from the coast and different things like that, the transplants, have really just elevated that talent to a, a huge degree.
4: Well, I mean, you know, you got you got Corver Demma. Let's talk about the other Gretna kid. Uh originally born and raised in, in Chandler, Arizona, you know, and, and mom obviously is from the state and and he and she has family in the state, and they moved back to moved back to the Omaha area. Uh, but that's a, that's a transplant with my ear quotes kind of hanging up there. But I think that beyond just like the transplants, I think that there's, you know, there's some other things that are kind of in, kind of in play and that are working, I think, for the, the, for the, uh, the kids there in Nebraska. I think that, you know, and I'll, I'll bring this up and it's kind of like people are going to beat their heads on their keyboard or their steering wheels as, as they're driving around and well, they're listening to us. But COVID has changed the recruiting process. And the the recruiting process has changed, you know, with COVID, because you had coaches that had to find a way to locate talent that they that didn't include them getting on a plane or getting in the car and dra- driving to a school and watching the kid in person. They had to, they had to find a way to kind of evaluate differently, uh, still with their eyes. So so the huddle film was the, the huddle portal was was such a critical tool, and and now you have this ability to kind of market yourself and, and you you've seen kind of the geographic um, the geographic, you know, recruiting area thing kind of get torn down a little bit. You've had some schools recruiting in Nebraska that I've never heard of. before. Um, You know, like there's some guys like, well, like Ernest Hausman and Heinrich Harburg, even before that. And there were some other guys in 2021 that have had, you know, OU has been pulling guys out of Nebraska, Auburn, uh, but Boston college is recruiting Nebraska, you know, and you've got, other Big Ten powers that are coming into the state: Michigan, Michigan State, um, and of course Minnesota is there now, trying to trying to rub some salt in the wound for Nebraska fans. Uh, and Iowa State's always been a always been pesky in the state, so it's just been. I think it's really one of those tools and and one of those fascinating times that I think allows Nebraska Nebraska kids to to get their information and their film out a little bit better and a little bit more effectively. But I think also it, it puts a light back on you know how talented I think that the state really is because it does get overshadowed when you start talking about oh you got to go to the speed states and you have to play you have to go at the Sun Belt and you got to go to California you know that's all fine and good but when you put on film um, for a couple of these guys like I'm watching the film from from Ballard last night where he tore it up and uh, Vermas from from Millard North there's a lot of speed in the state of of Nebraska and i think people are are really acknowledging that
1: now. Yeah, it's really cool to see. I know just from, you know, i i'm 32 now. Just from when i was in high school to seeing where or how much more evolved the players are, it's it's really kind of cool to see. Um there there's one player i have a specific question about and it's it's a little bit more of a national recruit that we've got, William Pop Watson. It sounds like he uh, may be uh doing some looking around possibly at maybe Virginia Tech.
4: Yeah, I there's uh, you know uh, William and I have had a pretty good working relationship um when I have called him and he has uh not you know answered the phone immediately he calls back or if he doesn't text me back right away he does text me back I called him and texted him on Thursday multiple times and I've got no 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 feedback from him yet And this was just to try to confirm the rumor that he was taking a visit um and I, and I think it makes some sense. I mean, if you look at it from a, from a standpoint of Nebraska fans, and I didn't know who William Watson was before Mark Whipple became an offensive coordinator in Lincoln, um, but it made some sense that, that Whipple was kind of bringing along a guy that he knew that, that he had worked with that he probably would feel comfortable with. And, I mean, when you thought about it from that perspective, it, it made some sense, but there was also a really, really good crop of quarterbacks in the area i mean you had flores another guy uh jj cole i mean there were there were there were dudes there were some dudes there in in, in the area uh, border states uh as well and and just to kind of you know not really give them the their the interest that they probably deserved uh, or to make them a higher priority to you, they they decided to go ahead and recruit and, and offer and get a ticket commitment from a kid from Massachusetts that was completely and totally, you know caboose tied to the offensive coordinator. And then, of course, Scott Frost gets let go. Mark Whipple develops some sort of health issue, and there's obviously a rumor you know floating around about that too, about how much longer will he, you know, really be with nebraska if it, even if it lasts the entire season. Um, so, I understand the move by Watson. Because I, I, I would, I if I were him, I would wonder about my position in the class. I would wonder about, you know, um, if, if something were to happen, you know, another head coach is brought in and they didn't see eye to eye, and Whipple wasn't retained or Whipple decided to leave. Uh, I would wonder if if they would honor my commitment as well. I mean, it's just, it's not taking anything away from Watson as a player. That's certainly not the case. But I think it's also just kind of you know, there wouldn't be that connection back to Nebraska if Whipple wasn't the offensive coordinator. So makes some sense that he's doing it, but I think it puts Nebraska in a real tough spot, especially if they decided that they really wanted a 2023 quarterback. I mean, it seems like at that point you would really just have to wait it out and see whoever the hire is if Mickey's just retained um, and then decide, you know, which way you're going to kind of go with it.
1: Yeah, that was going to be my uh, kind of follow-up question is with him having a I don't want to say an exclusive tie to Whipple, but an exclusive tie to Whipple. And if he does decide to commit and go elsewhere, it would make sense having that tie, you know, go up in smoke. Who would, is there any name that you would have for Nebraska fans to really move their focus toward?
4: I mean, nothing that has the stars that I think Nebraska fans are looking for when it comes to a quarterback. And and, and I don't even know if like Nebraska, when they go back and they do their assessment, if, First of all, if the head coach and, the, and the, the new offensive coordinator is somebody that Casey Thompson is interested in working in or working with. Casey Thompson may, may be back next year. That's 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 case in point number one. Then after that, you've you've got some guys behind there. You know, you brought in Purdy and Torres to kind of you know go along with Thompson. You know, earlier on, so you brought in three quarterbacks last year, and you still have Smothers who has you know starting experience underneath his belt, and you've got Harburg. Um, so you've got a pretty full room. I mean. Is there a guy out there like a walk-on guy, somebody who has some ties to the program, something like that? you know I'll throw I'll feed a name out there of a guy that I think would want to walk on and it's just like it's one of those situations is just kind of weird, but he's so under the radar uh, by by other like comparative standards. There's a kid down here at my son's former high school who is the son of former Nebraska place kicker Byron Bennett. Oh, wow. his son's name is Lake his son's name is Lake Bennett. Lake is completely off the radar because he played linebacker last year. This is a six foot two, two hundred and twenty-five pound guy. And if you understand anything about Rockwall, of course, Jackson Smith and Jigba came out of there, but there have been some really successful quarterbacks that come out of the two. Jacob Clark went to Minnesota, Braden Locke went to Mississippi State, and and now Lake is the third guy basically in the last six years is kind of getting attention. He's got some FCS offers, he's getting some FBS looks. He doesn't have that attention, but the numbers for him this year are on par with both Clark and Locke. And he is more mobile and bigger and more put together than both of those guys. It's a really interesting thing. And I, I know that I know I've talked to his dad before. and I know there's some conversation that's happening there. and I don't know what Nebraska's take is on it. But do yourself a favor. go out and watch Lake Bennett's uh, film from Rockwell High School playing quarterback and then if you're really really interested, go watch his his junior film playing linebacker. and then understand that guy is a golf a golfer. He's on the golfer varsity team and he played baseball uh, varsity guy since like a sophomore year in high school. He is a, an incredible athlete.
1: I'm pretty upset that an 18 year old or 17 year old does everything better than me right now.
4: And he's a pretty good fisherman too. I think if you want to add anything else to that, man, I think he might even be sponsored by somebody down here in, in Texas. It's pretty it's pretty well, but he's a, he's an amazing athlete.
1: I mean, that's that's extremely impressive for a high school kid to be able to do all that. Kudos to him. Yeah, I'm gonna definitely have to check his film out. A uh, couple questions for you before I let you go for the day. I'm gonna have you pick a couple of games here. Okay. Yep. Who you got in Nebraska? Purdue.
4: Breaks my heart to tell you, man, but I, I I find it really difficult to pick against Purdue.
1: It's um, tough. It's very tough. <laughs> I, I,
4: yeah, it it really is, and I think that that quarterback gives them the edge despite the injuries. And and I just don't feel like you know, I think there's an injury up front that Nebraska is going to have to work around when it comes to their offensive line, which is going to further provide some disjointedness. I think you know, and you've got that questions in the backfield as well, the defensive backfield, them and what's going to happen. I think that you. Just got Nebraska at this wrong time, I think, to really be truly effective. I think they're hurt and banged up a little bit. But I'm going to take Purdue uh, 34 24.
1: Yeah, I've seen it anywhere from a a 10 to a 20 point swing, just depending on who you're talking to. And it it just seems like there's a mash unit out there with both teams. Like nobody's healthy, it seems like.
4: Yeah, I, I just, I, just I, I I find it insulting though that people are kind of going 40 plus. I mean, could Purdue do, do it? Yeah, sure. But I think Bush would be really offended if the defense didn't perform better than that. And, and I think that they're going to try to dial up some pressure today. So hopefully that hopefully that ha- helps out the the secondary that's dealing with a couple of injuries.
1: Yeah, I think if they're, they're a little bit more aggressive, it plays to Nebraska's favor. But Brian, thank you very much for joining me today, my man. I appreciate it. Have a good weekend and uh, enjoy some good football this weekend. You do the same, man. Be good. Thanks, Brian. All right, everybody. Uh, You know, thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Don't forget, we are going to be recording the Church of the Quarren podcast tomorrow. We are going to start doing a live stream as well, so be sure to check in on that if you want to, uh, which I'd highly recommend. Uh, Thank you guys all for joining me today. Zach. Sponsor uh, us. Yeah, sponsor us. uh, For Fitz, for Drake, for Zach, for Conrad. Thanks, everybody. Have a good rest of your weekend. We'll talk to you. Bye.